Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of the Wrestling vs. World Podcast. Uh, did you all know it's WrestleMania time? Yeah, I completely forgot because it sure doesn't feel like it. Tonight's event, just like last year, and today we're going to be covering my predictions for the show. But like I said, this, I'm going to say right off the bat, this does not feel like WrestleMania because of the build for so many of these matches and everything. And at the end, I'm going to compare it to another WrestleMania. So if you want to hear the comparison there and to understand why, stay tuned. So I'm going to cover by each night. I'm going to go by each match, try to look at the backstory, and then give my predictions. And like I said, some of these are just bad. First off, I see on night one, I'm going based on Wikipedia. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, I'm going to say right off the bat, I said this during one of the Smartbusters live streams. This is not a main event worthy feud. Just because it is two African American women wanting to be the first ever two African American women to main event WrestleMania does not give it justification for people trying to say, oh, it should be the main event. The main event for any show should be whatever the biggest match is, and this honestly is not that. The whole build has just been Bianca Belair is a Royal Rumble winner for the women's side. Sasha has held the women's championships in somewhere around the fall. I think maybe October-ish when she finally won from Bailey, who had a long women's championship, SmackDown women's championship reign, and now they're having a match. That's all I really get from all this. It's like I don't recall anything other noteworthy things really happening in this feud. So it's like it, this doesn't scream main event. This does not feel like it's that big of a deal to justify being a main event of either show, like, either night, like people are constantly screaming for. But, I mean, with this, I think it's pretty obvious this title change is going to happen. It's going to be Bianca dethroning Sasha Banks. Like, this whole big build has just been to help develop a new star on the main roster. I know there was Bianca doing that one thing where she lifted Otis on her shoulders, was running around the ring, like, almost like a, oh, what's it called? I wouldn't say an endurance test, but almost like a almost like a race of some kind, like some kind of time trial. So I think it's pretty obvious Bianca Belair is going to come out the new women's champion, SmackDown Women's Champion. Next up on I one, Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. Now the whole thing was Drew's been WWE Champion on and off a couple times since winning the title last year at WrestleMania. After retaining the championship at the Elimination Chamber, the same night where Bobby Lashley lost the US Championship. Bobby Lashley attacked Drew McIntyre. This caused The Miz to then cash in the money in the bank to successfully become WWE Champion for like eight days or something like that. The week after the Raw, after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, Lashley got a title shot against The Miz and won it in a Lumberjack match, becoming the second ever 100% African-American WWE Champion. And then it was suddenly announced Drew was getting a title match. So I guess this kind of counts as a rematch, like... Like, he's owed a rematch there because he lost the title, even though when the McMahons and all of them came on TV and announced that, oh, we've been really bad lately, they said no more, like, rematches like that. You have to earn your shot, but then all of a sudden Drew's announced number one contender for the championship again. So it seems like that's what they're doing. This one could go either way. I would like to see Bobby Lashley have a good run with the title because, like you said, he just won it about a month ago, even though his promos still need work, so he's now, like, the whole complete package. But something feels like maybe Drew's going to win. But we saw King Corbin, a.k.a. Baron Butt-fucking-Corbin, interfere, like, attacking Drew McIntyre, like, a couple weeks ago. 
like trying to claim the bounty and it means that something's going on with Corbin and Lashley. Like, I did not even watch this past episode of Raw like I saw last week because after last week's Raw, I have no interest in watching Raw again for a while. So I don't know if Corbin's going to get involved with all this, but I have a feeling Drew could win this. That's my gut instinct there. Now, next up, this was a change match. It was supposed to be The Miz versus Bad Bunny. From what I read, it was like The Miz talked about to Bad Bunny backstage, wanting to take him under his wing. Bad Bunny said no. The Miz got pissed and destroyed his like equipment, some back and forth stuff, a challenge to a match, something about Bad Bunny's car getting vandalized. It was supposed to be a one on one match, but now it's been changed to a tag team match. Bad Bunny and Damien Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. It's pretty safe to say Bad Bunny and Damien Priest are going to win because it's been very, very rare in WWE history for a celebrity to be involved in a match and not win. The only times I recall a celebrity being in a match and not winning is if it's a battle royal. Like when Shad did not win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal WrestleMania 32 or when you saw those football celebrities not win the Royal Ru or Battle Royal match at WrestleMania 2. Other times, I can't think of any other times where a celebrity's been in a match and did not win. I mean, come on, we had freaking Lawrence Taylor beating Bam Bam Bigelow clean in a one-on-one -on -one match in the main event of WrestleMania 11. It's going to be Bad Bunny and Damian Priest winning this tag match. And hopefully that's going to be the end of this, because this build has just been awful. It was like, just some vandalism, that stupid music video, that horrible song, Hey Hey Hop Hop. Just unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. Speaking of unbearable, the next one. New Day versus AJ Styles and Amos. Or as I call him, Osmosis Jones. This whole thing, the build, was just thrown together. Now, according to what I read in an interview, it was supposed to be Triple H versus AJ Styles, but Triple H declined because he said since he's constantly busy with backstage stuff and he can't get himself into shape in time and everything because he's getting older, he can't have a one-on-one -on -one match like AJ Styles wants. So we got this, and this was just thrown together because all of a sudden, New Day's new tag team champions after dethroning Sheldon Benjamin's Tedrick Alexander of the now former members of the Hurt Business AJ just comes in the ring saying, hey, you guys aren't having a match. Let's have a match for WrestleMania. So he just came out and demanded a title match for whatever reason. And it's happening. And they had that stupid game night segment from last week. It was god-awful. One of the worst things I've seen. It's like, come on. That's something you would put on Saturday morning. Slam, like, oh, charades, Pictionary. We got Connect Four and Jenga and those fighting robot brawlers that was popular back in the 90s. But this, I don't know what to think. Like, I'm tired of Kofi being tag champions all the time. Like, it's happened so many times. And this is almost his debut in the ring, at least as far as I know. So I have a feeling it's probably going to be AJ and almost because they've been building almost strong. It's like, you have the steel chair at TLC that broke over his back and he didn't even flinch. You have the microphone that was just thrown and exploded on almost when... Kofi recently threw it at him. So I have a feeling we're going to see the Raw Tag Team Champions being AJ and Amos. Now this one. That was facepalm worthy. Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon now in a steel cage match. The first steel cage match in WrestleMania since WrestleMania 2 between Hogan and Bundy. This whole thing, it seems like it started because Braun was mad that he was not allowed to be in the Elimination Chamber match. Then they were supposed to fight at Fastlane. But Shane says he got a knee injury. And during this whole thing, he's just constantly saying Braun is stupid. He is stupid. He is very unintelligent. He's a stupid man. Let's look at his report card. Look at this picture of him with this dunce cap saying 2 plus 2 equals 5. It's so dumb. And there's also that segment where he poured green paint or slime all over Braun. 
He's trying to make a point. And now, from what I heard, this past episode of Raw, he had a whole thing where he says, like, I'm gonna do this match for everybody who's ever been called stupid. I, when I, like, I heard that because the elitists mentioned that, and as soon as I heard that, I'm thinking, dear God, do not let Braun try to cut a promo like Nia Jax did in 2018 saying, be a star, be against anybody who bullies you. <laughs> we all know how that went. But this, the only way thing I can see is Shane winning somehow. Ron's probably going to be an idiot and throw Shane off the top of the cage through an announce table like he did with Kevin Owens at Extreme Rules 2018. Because I don't, like, Ron's not going to be able to come out on top of this. Because, like, he's getting covered in slime. He's getting put into these disadvantages, constantly being called stupid and not proving Shane wrong. Like, proving any intelligence whatsoever in the build. It's like, it's inevitable that Shane's going to probably win because Braun's going to screw up. Like, we know Shane is all about, like, flying off top things, so he's going to fly off the top of that cage. That's why they're doing this. They need Shane to jump off. I'm like, here comes money, boom. So it's going to be Shane winning this. Now, Cesaro and Seth Rollins, I honestly do not know why they're feuding. All I know is Cesaro turned face after shaking hands with Daniel Bryan after a match. Some kind of confrontation probably happening, and there's been attacks back and forth. That's literally all that I know about this build for Cesaro Seth Rollins. It feels like it's just thrown together. Just like the tag, Raw Tag title match. It's just there. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anything special. Honestly, I would hope Cesaro would win. That's my gut feeling. Because, like... I'm looking at, I look back at his WrestleMania history. I can't remember him winning any WrestleMania matches other than the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale at 30. Unless there was one random one that he suddenly won. But I can't remember. Like, I don't remember him competing last year at 36. I know he was in the corner with Shinsuke in the corner of Sami Zayn in the Intercontinental Championship match against Daniel Bryan, but that's all I remember. I don't remember him winning any other WrestleMania matches unless... Yeah, because I don't think he won at 31 when he teamed with Tyson Kidd, so maybe they're going to give him a one-on-one WrestleMania win. So maybe Cesaro. Now this one, another case of something thrown together. The Tag Team Turmoil Match. Jesus. It is Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose Versus the Riot Squad being Lip Morgan and Ruby Riot versus Natalia Tamina. Winner gets the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler the next night. This is definitely thrown together because there was not much of a build other than everybody just wanting a tag title shot. And two of the four teams are just thrown together. Like Lana and Naomi, they seem like they've been building them up. Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are suddenly teaming together. Riot Squad's been a team for a while, even though they've done literally nothing as of late, at least notable, and Italian Tamina is just happening. It's for whatever reason. So, I mean, based on the build, I would have to say it's going to be Lana and Naomi. Because they've been, like, that's the only team that's really had momentum building into this. You want to culminate on momentum, like, capitalize on momentum being built. So it seems like it's Lana and Naomi that's going to win and go on to the next night. Now, night number two. This is where things are going to get a little bit more spicy. We got Roman Reigns defending the, inter- the Universal Championship against Edge and Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match. 
Now, Roman's been Universal Champion since Payback, which I believe was like the week after your turn at SummerSlam. It was either that or a couple weeks. Edge, he's fine. Like, he was away for nine years because of a career-ending neck injury. Made a surprise return last year's Royal Rumble. Had a couple matches with Orton. Came back this year. Won the Royal Rumble match after being away for a numerous amount of months due to triceps injury. Won in number one at the Royal Rumble match. Getting the title shot. And this whole story works with Edge. Because it's like, hey, he was forced away for nine years. He didn't get to end his career on his own terms. He's fighting to get those nine years back and end his career the way he wants. Then Daniel Bryan's just thrown in. I mean, yeah, they had that story where it's saying that he won the Elimination Chamber match, but then immediately lost a title match right afterwards because he was tired and, like, out of energy and everything against Roman Reigns. But it's like, this story makes more sense just being Edge and Roman. The head of the table versus the veteran who wants to finally make up for those years that he had to get forced away from something that he loves and wants to have his career end on his own terms. But then Danny Bryan's just thrown into this. Honestly... I'm hoping, hoping Edge wins. Because again, when it comes to storyline, it makes more sense for Edge to win. Because Daniel Bryan, it just feels like we're rehashing some of the stuff that happened back in 2014. And with Roman, like, if he was, if he was going against The Rock one-on-one, I would say it would be a good time for him to have a big match and everything. But it's like, I don't see Roman walking out as champion with this one. Despite the big build and this career revitalizing like change to him for his character and turning heel but it's like i just see my gut's telling me edge daniel bryan would be a close second even though i still say daniel does not just belong in this match he's just a third wheel just thrown into there just to please the crowd anyway now another one that it's another case of something being thrown together Asuka defending the Raw Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. It's supposed to be Asuka versus Charlotte. Charlotte's got COVID. We need a backup plan. Let's bring up Rhea Ripley and just walk out there and challenge Asuka for a match and it's accepted. Thrown together without no other reason. Am I right? See, this is what happens when you freaking put way too much focus on one single person in your division, that being Charlotte. So, like, like I said, it just came with Rhea coming up from NXT, challenging Asuka to a match, She's like, I accept, you're not ready for Asuka. Then they have the contract signing, just talk about Rhea Ripley's confidence, being overconfident going into this. It's like, that's all they got? She's overconfident that she's competing at, for the Raw Women's Championship WrestleMania? It's like, yeah, she lost last year, but she could win this year. But this? I don't know. This could go either way, but this build sucks. It's just, I challenge you for a title match. Just like the tag title match from... For the first night it's just like oh you don't have an opponent i want to be your opponent just with different freaking genders this uh, i think they're gonna give it to Rhea. they might just give it to her i don't know we'll have to see now this one this is like the most build so far but the fact that this next one is just a standard match feels off and that is The Fiend, who looks like Meltman from Action League Now versus Randy Orton. Now, this has been going on since, like, probably the fall. Things like they were going back and forth with feuds. They had an Inferno match at TLC. Randy won by lighting The Fiend on fire. Arkill in the ring, dousing the gasoline, and then lighting the dummy figure. But we're supposed to pretend it's the real Fiend getting lit on fire. We haven't seen The Fiend since. 
Some weird games have been going on with Randy and still interacting with Alexa Bliss. The Fiend came back at Fastlane. Now they're having a match. But it feels weird for them to have a singles match without any kind of stipulation to it, especially because it's like, you see how long this feud's been going on for, you'd think it would culminate in some kind of stipulation. And plus, this is like now the second time in four years that we're seeing the man, Bray Wyatt, even though he's under a different character, but still that specific guy against Randy Orton. Last time we saw it, four years ago, WrestleMania 33, and we know how that went. But it's pretty much the writing's on the wall. The Fiend's going to get his retribution beating Randy Orton here. After lighting him on fire, trying to kill him and everything. But I mean, like, I think something's probably going to happen with that jack-in-the-box that Alexa has because it's like her use of that summons the Fiend. So I think the only way they're going to get rid of the Fiend character is to destroy that. I don't know if they're going to break that jack-in-the-box right there at WrestleMania to finally get rid of the Fiend forever. But I'm feeling if the Fiend is going to get his retribution back, he's got to be Randy for trying to kill him and light him on fire. So my prediction is the Fiend. Next up, Intercontinental Championship match in a Nigerian drum fight. When when I hovered my cursor over it on Wikipedia, it says like a hardcore match, so we're getting some hardcore action here. Biggie defending the Intercontinental Championship against Apollo Crews. Apparently Apollo turned heel after failing to win the Intercontinental Championship from Big E. I think there was some kind of video I saw where Paul Heyman was giving Big or Apollo a pep talk saying, Don't be a big pussy and everything, be tough. So then he does that, he's like turning character where he's like speaking in his Nigerian accent, going back to his roots. He had a spear and a couple guys behind him and everything. So it's been constant fighting back and forth, getting ready for this title match and everything. I just don't see Apollo Crews winning the championship yet. I think this one they're going to keep it on Big E. Because yeah, Big E is still kind of still that goofy character and Apollo's being more serious now and he's finally stopped smiling for no fucking reason. But I don't see Apollo Crews winning this just yet. Maybe if they do a rematch at the next event, but I don't see it happening just yet at WrestleMania. Now, next up, another one that's thrown together, and my God, I have something to say about this. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Logan Paul in Sami Zayn's corner. This one is, to my knowledge, again, another case of these two don't have a match. Let's just put them together. You don't have a match. I told you at WrestleMania, because it just happened out of nowhere. And then you got Logan Paul, who appeared on SmackDown this last Friday, which I'm glad I did not watch, because that as soon as I heard Logan Paul on SmackDown, I was like, yeah, I'm not watching now. Because Logan Paul has got a garbage reputation. So it's like, they're having a match for whatever reason. Sammy's been doing like these documentaries or whatever he's doing. And now you got Logan Paul in his corner. He's going to be there at WrestleMania. Think about this for one quick second before I give my prediction. Bailey. All right, you all understand why I'm giving this reference. Bailey, who had probably the longest SmackDown Women's Championship reign of all time, if not one of the longest. She does not have a match on either night of WrestleMania. Like, they have no plans for her, yet they're giving a spot for an appearance at WrestleMania to Logan Paul, who has had no ties to wrestling whatsoever. What sense does this make to put a guy who is known for freaking filming a dead body in the suicide forest in Japan, why are they giving him a spot to be here at WrestleMania, but not somebody who's always been there in WWE because they can't find any plans for them? Why keep Bailey out and not have plans for her, yet you put Jake Paul at Russell, for an appearance at WrestleMania? Or Logan Paul, sorry. 
It does not make any sense. Logan Paul is a bad person. He's a like fucking garbage human being. But for this, I, I don't know. I don't know who to choose. Maybe Sammy's going to win. I don't know. Maybe Logan's going to take part. I think it's going to be Sammy. It's really Kevin Owens has fallen off since ending the feud with Roman Reigns and everything to the point where he's not doing much. Next up, U.S. Championship, Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. I'm going to say this right off the bat. I'm not going to watch this match. Flat out. I have no interest in watching any matches with Matt Riddle ever. This whole thing has been like over the U.S. Championship. I think Sheamus has just been wanting a match with WrestleMania. He attacked like freaking Matt Riddle with a scooter. He won a match on Raw last week. Not this past week, but the week before against Matt Riddle on Raw. They're getting a title match. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope Sheamus wins. I have a feeling it's going to be Matt Riddle winning because for some reason they have a lot invested in this fucking pothead. I just wish Sheamus would win. And that's something that is shocking because you know something is bad when they're making me root, when they give me a reason to root for Sheamus after all of these years. So that's saying something. I have a bad feeling Matt Riddle wins. But I'm hoping Sheamus wins. But again, I'm not going to watch this match. Flat out. Because Matt Riddle is in it. Now, the last match. The Tag Team Turmoil. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending the Women's Tag Team Championships against whoever wins the Tag Team Turmoil. And I predict Lana Naomi is going to be challenging. <sighs> I have a feeling we're going to see new Women's Tag Team Champions. I have a feeling it's going to be Lana Naomi, like I said, winning the Turmoil then going on to win the titles the next night because they're going to have a full 24 hours to get refreshed. They're going to have time to recover from this tag team turmoil match and then go on for the titles. So it's not like it's going to be like an immediate title match or what happening just a bit later in the exact same night. So I'm feeling we're going to finally get new tag team champions just to give Lana a moment and everything. It's like they're probably going to try to give her something after doing all those constant week after week moments of just getting driven through an announce table for whatever reason. So I feel like we're going to get new tag team champions here, being Lana and Naomi. Now, I prefaced earlier saying this WrestleMania is reminding me of something. A lot of these are just thrown together matches, and some of these have garbage builds. Like, honestly, Sasha and Bianca does not feel like it should be a main event worthy match that people are constantly boasting for. The freaking celebrity match with Bad Bunny and everything. I cannot stand it. The build's been god-awful. New Day and AJ almost been thrown together. Braun Shane over intelligence questioning. I have no clue why Seth and Cesaro are feuding. The tag team turmoil match is there. The, if some, the tag team title match of freaking match. Real Ripley, Asuka just happened. Freaking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's just there too. It's like so many of these matches either have terrible builds and or are just thrown together you know what wrestlemania this reminds me of and i don't care if i get flack for this this is the closest comparison i can come up with 18 wrestlemania 18 in 2002 this is giving a lot of the same feel as what we got now where a lot of these matches have bad builds i mean rob van dam versus william regal i honestly don't know why they had what they were feuding for i mean i know it's been the Intercontinental championship but did they really have anything to build for this I never heard anything. DDP Christian made sense because Christian was like the protege for DDP for a bit then turned heel. Maven Goldust just happened. Like they just randomly announced it on Heat. 
like right before the show, oh, Maven's going to defend the Hardcore Championship in a Hardcore match against Goldust. Why? Kurt Angle and Kane just randomly happened. Like, I think somebody said that Kane was cost the title title match because of Kurt Angle. That was just out of nowhere. Edge Booker T over the fictional Japanese shampoo commercial. The Four Corners Elimination Tag Team Championship match. I can't recall if anything was building up to that for Billy Chunk versus APA, Dudley Boys, and Hardy Boys. Women's Triple Threat, Jazz, Trish, Lita. Why did that happen? In Triple H, Jericho. Jericho was an afterthought in the build for that Undisputed Championship match because it was more of the feud between Triple H and Stephanie to the point where Chris Jericho was relegated to freaking watching their dog. This is what it's come down to. This is reminding me of 18 because so many of these matches are just either thrown together or have lack very questionable lackluster builds. Like I said with 18, random throwaway Intercontinental Championship match. Hardcore match is just there. Why Kurt Angle and Edge are, or Kane are facing. Edge and Booker T over Shampoo. Commercial, fictional Champion Shampoo commercial. Tag match, title match for whatever reason. Women's Championship match for whatever reason. A main event where the champion is an afterthought. This is what I'm feeling with these two nights of WrestleMania 37 as well. This doesn't feel like WrestleMania because no effort is put into this because everything is either just thrown together or a lot of these builds are just bad. Like, God dang. Like, I even just today, as of recording this, I signed up for Peacock with ads because I'm not giving them an extra five bucks or anything. And the only thing I'm ever going to watch on Peacock for WWE, really, nowadays... It's just going to be for the pay-per-views. Like, with them censoring content, I'm not going to have an urge to go back and watch episodes of Raw or SmackDown in case they get cut down or anything. Not even any other archive footage unless they finally start posting content they didn't have on the network originally, like more episodes of Heat or something. But really, even with the way WWE is now, like with booking shows or anything, the only thing I'm going to watch are any new pay-per-views that happen. But I'm not even hyped for this! This doesn't feel like they're building for WrestleMania. It feels like they're building for a house show that nobody's going to remember a week from later on. Now, give WWE credit. They have been able to pull off watchable shows with lackluster builds. We've seen it in WrestleMania's in the past, but this has to be the worst build, as everybody else is agreeing on, the worst build to a WrestleMania because it doesn't feel like WrestleMania. It just feels like something that's sloppily put together. It's just like, hey, it's like it feels like WWE back in 95. Where, like, nobody's interested in wrestling. Everything's just thrown together. There are no interesting characters. Barely anything matters anymore. It feels like we've gone back in time. It's like, oh my god. It's, it's depressing. Legitimately. Like, can anybody look at this card for either night and say they're legitimately invested in any of these matches other than maybe the two world title matches? And I don't want to hear about the, oh yeah, what about the SmackDown Women's Championship match? Because that is just a garbage one to freaking go after, especially with everybody saying, you should main event. It should not main event night one at all. Because the main event should be whatever the biggest match is out of the entire show. If it is not the biggest match, it does not deserve to main event. Remember last time we saw a big main event match that flopped on a pay-per-view? Samoa Joe Roman Reigns back last 2018, how flat that felt? We're going to get that happening again if that comes this main event of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair from that night. Anyway, that is going to conclude it from WrestleMania 37 preview slash predictions, everybody. 
I'm gonna try to see if I can get footage of the shows and everything. I'll try to do video reviews for night one on Wednesday and maybe one on Thursday for night two. We'll have to see. Let me know what you guys think about what your predictions are for WrestleMania 37 in the comment section below. Uh, like I said, I have never been this demotivated for WrestleMania. Cross my fingers, WWE can pull off a good show, but they need to learn that people are only going to get as invested in something as, like, depending on how much effort they put into a build. Give us a lackluster build, we're not going to get invested that much. Plain and simple. So thanks for watching, listening, slash watch. Everybody like, comment, subscribe. Peace out and good day, everybody.